slept on? Uh, I was thinking about some steps I slept on. No. Oh. I've, a king of comedy was slept on. Um, people hated it when it came out. Pretty much. Yeah. It wasn't like... No, it was, it was the flop of the year. That's what it was called. Uh, on Entertainment Tonight. Oh. And, and, and New Year's Eve. 83 to 84. Well, okay. Yeah. Well, it's okay. Sorry. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to Snubs. My name is Carolinio. And I'm Chris Massarelli. And this is a show where we talk about some of our favorite movies that were not nominated for Oscars. Um, we talk about the different Oscar years that they were eligible for. We switch things around, see how some of our favorites could have fit in. Today we were talking about <laughs> Martin Scorsese's 1982 banger, The King of Comedy, starring Robert De Niro. But before we get into all of that, Christopher, how was your week? Uh, my week was good. My week was good. Uh, Halloween was this week. Uh, I saw you last weekend. Yes. Uh, which was a lot of fun. Um, it was lovely seeing you. I missed you quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm someone people miss. Okay. Well, you know, I miss you significantly less now. It's It's been good, though. It's been very busy. I'm home in New Jersey for the weekend, visiting, visiting me familia before the craziness of the holidays, because I'll have to work during them. I did watch some movies it's been a while since we've recorded so but i actually haven't watched all that many movies it's been kind of weird i haven't either i've been busy i did go out to the theaters and see killers of the flower moon so did i which we have not talked about no but i think we will talk about it probably at length today as we're talking about scorsese um Uh, i loved it 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 was was incredible incredible I just i was so blown away by everything that this was i like a long movie I always well that's what it was one of my one of my least favorite things ever is when people talk about movies are getting longer no they're not we're well, just getting less patient sure. because the god those godfather movies are each three and a half hours a piece <laughs> i don't know why like movies have been long like lawrence of arabia sound of music is fucking four hours that's true they used to put like, intermissions in movie theaters so like yeah it's like movies have been long forever it's just like our patience for it has lessened so it feels longer yeah um i personally liked the length i this man is getting older i want to see i want to see everything he shot he's he says he's got maybe two left in him which is tough but we've got plenty of we've got honestly got plenty of scorsese fodder for this podcast because he the man has been snubbed many a times yeah no he's amazing i um i love his work he's one of my favorite directors, which isn't a hot take. It's mm-hmm. I feel like he's one of everybody's favorite directors, but lately, especially yeah. his movies and his style has really spoken to me, especially as he um his last decade of his career mm-hmm. has been late stage um, Scorsese has been fantastic. No, it's been amazing and different, and he's explored similar themes, but with different subject matters and styles mm-hmm. and narrative structures. So I have found it to be amazing, and Killers of the Flower Moon was just, in my opinion, the cherry on top. Yes. Uh, so. And as you heard at the top of the show, he is on TikTok with, with his daughter, Francesca. He's also on Letterboxd. He is on Letterboxd. And I, not to, not to you know, compare myself to Scorsese, but I have also decided to finally get on Letterboxd and actually do the thing. So 
Mar Marty and I are one in the same is what I'm trying to say. We are we are late to the party, yet also trendsetters. You're welcome, America. Chris's letterbox style is if he logs something on letterbox, you will know about it. You're so mean. You are so mean. You're learning. It's new. It's new and it's shiny and everybody's got a learning curve when it comes to letterbox because it's kind of like the structure of it's so different than other uh, social medias. Yeah. So, I mean, I had the benefit, I got on in high school, so I had the benefit of getting on before people were on letterbox. Mm -hmm. But now I feel like everybody's on letterbox, whether you like movies or yeah. you don't like movies. It's the, it's the place to be because now it is at least because me and Marty are there. Ex of course so follow yeah. chris on letterboxd yeah or follow him on instagram you'll get the same honestly it has worked though people have started following my letterbox that's from, awesome because of my instagram yeah um, it's a good advertisement yeah, it is yeah uh i also you know the tail end of spooky season i did watch a couple newer halloween movies i watched uh, a hulu movie called cobweb which had a lot of potential to be really good and it just kind of it was with lizzie kaplan and anthony Starr. Okay. Um, I like Lizzie Kaplan. I do too. And she was like good in it. Um, so when she was not in it, it was not as good, uh, which was a shame. And yeah. I did I did watch the the new Haunted Mansion movie too, just to check it out. And it was like I'd heard horrible things. I'm glad I didn't go spend money to see it, <laughs> but it was fun. Like I had a fun time. It was I love Lakeith Stanfield. I love Owen Wilson. Everybody loves Danny DeVito. Like it was just a fun time. So Jamie uh, Lee Curtis was cooking something. I'm not surprised. She was more like microwaving, I think, but you know, she was there. And yeah, and then I watched a couple of uh, classics, some some honestly Chris core favorites, Forgetting Sarah Marshall, Scream, and The Social Network, all within the last week. I was with you when we watched Forgetting yes. Sarah Marshall. I... How was your week? Yeah, how was your week? It was fine. All right. Um, busy, busy. Work stuff went out. Spent a lot of time at work. As per usual, I'm working six days, which is like tough, not just because like, you know, six days is exhausting, mm -hmm. but also because I learned like I have one day to do all of the other stuff I have to do to be a human, like doing my laundry, cleaning my apartment, like all of those like thing, going to the grocery store, meal prepping, like they all need to be done on Saturday. Yeah. So well, happy Saturday. Exactly. happy Saturday. <laughs> Not exactly relaxing, but it's fine. Um, I am also, I mean, I only saw Forgetting Sarah Marshall this week. I saw Killers of the Flower Moon. Hmm. So that's kind of like end of list. But I am going to see a holdover, the holdovers. Oh, tonight. yeah. Nice. Yeah, I got a, I got my finally got my fucking free screening. So are you seeing Priscilla this week, too? I was going to, but now mm -hmm. we got free tickets to see this. So gotcha. I don't think I'm going to see Priscilla um, yet. Okay. I am going to see Priscilla. Um, I really want to see Priscilla yeah, for Jacob Elordi related reasons. His Elvis performance, the stories coming out about it are exponentially funnier than Austin Butler's Elvis performance, which was just like an ironic funny, like what is he doing? Whereas Jacob Elordi learned everything he knew about Elvis from Lilo and Stitch. Uh, and I read today that he ate a pound of bacon a day while filming to get in shape. To, to get in shape? Well, he's so thin. He's so thin. Yeah. 
Um, so he probably so to had get to bulk in up. any shape. <laughs> he probably had to bulk up. Yeah. That's probably what it had to do with. That's um, funny. And next week, we get the killer. We get David Fincher. It's, it's just, in theaters now if you want to go see it. That is true. I, I am poor. I, um, I am too, so I will wait for Netflix. Uh, honestly, this will probably come out on the same, around the same time that that comes yeah, out. Yeah, so that's coming out. There's a bunch yeah. of stuff coming out. And I not to spoil list. it, but in honor of that, my next pick will be a Fincher. For, you know, we talk about Fincher. We got to mm-hmm. talk about Scorsese. We sure do. This movie... As you heard in our little intro, famously was reviled when it came mm-hmm. out. Box office um, bomb. $20 million budget, $2.5 million gross. What's that adjusted? So $20 million. The budget would be uh, 63.8 what? million today. And For what? The... This is filmed in like eight rooms. Not even. The total gross would have been... 7.9 million. Ooh. Yeah. That's still not good. No. No. That's basically what Killers made its second weekend. Yes. <laughs> um, which is crazy because, you know, th- this was made in an era where people were going to the movies. Mm-hmm. Like there's a little bit of um you got to have a little bit of grace for movies nowadays because, you know, people aren't going. Mm-hmm. And this say- would have been coming off of Raging Bull. Right? This would have been immediately yeah, after Raging Bull. But Raging Bull wasn't exactly a laugh a minute. No. It's not I, like everybody no. went to Raging Bull and was like, that was fun. We had a blast. Yeah. And then was like, what well, is this? That's how a lot time. of early Scorsese is. I wouldn't call Taxi Driver a hoot and a half. No, but what I'm saying is like part of the reason why people didn't respond to King of Comedy is because it is so offbeat. But it doesn't make sense to me that people were surprised by how offbeat it was, considering his first two, like first three movies, yeah. are not romps. <laughs> they are like tough as nails, not fun movies. Yeah. So I think the fact- uh, uh, what is it called? Alice doesn't live here anymore. That's a bit more fun, but oh yeah, I haven't seen it. I haven't either. Uh, but- that's definitely a blind spot for me. Um, his his filmography is just so big; it's hard. And to I expand. think I'd like it. Yeah. I think I definitely everything I've heard about Alice doesn't live here anymore sounds like it's a me movie. So, yeah. can I ask Caroline what your top five Scorsese are? Goodfellas. Mm-hmm. I'll I'll tell I you think, my top. Five I think Killers you... is up there. Killers is my number three. Goodfellas is my number one. Because Goodfellas is my number one. Oh, well, you think I'll rattle off mine. My number five is Taxi Driver. Number four, Wolf of Wall Street. Number three, Killers of the Flower Moon. Two, The Departed. And number one, Goodfellas. Surprised you didn't say Color of Money. That's such a crisp movie. I actually have not seen Color of Money. That's crazy. I know. I know. Um, I think I'm gonna go Goodfellas. These are my favorite, not the best. Right, 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 right. Yes. Goodfellas, maybe Killers. Mm-hmm. The Departed, Wolf of Wall Street, and Taxi Driver. Okay, yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, same top five, different orders. <laughs> Is that true? Yeah. I thought you didn't like Taxi Driver. Um, It's grown on me. It really has. I think I've kind of grown up. You probably also haven't seen the probably more Chris movies. Like, I could see you seeing Color of Money in that. Yeah. And blowing, Casino. I'm, and I'm Casino. Sure I and love blowing. Casino. Yeah, and blowing those two, like blowing. Yeah, I think I know. would like Mean Streets a lot. I think I would like Mean Streets is good. Yeah, um, I'm. A, I like the Aviator. I have not seen the Aviator. I like it. It's long. Um, I, but uh, 
yeah. I, I was sick one day and just was like, we're sitting through the aviator. And I really liked, I remember really, I watched it in high school. Yeah. Um, I would love it. I love movies about old Hollywood. But can I ask you what your least favorite Scorsese is and why is it Gangs of New York? I would take Silence over Gangs of New York. Shutter Island, I don't like. Oh, interesting. Okay. I, I mean, Gangs of New York. I, my thing with Gangs of New York is like, this is also me zagging. Like, everybody talks about how bad Gangs of New York is, and I don't think it's as bad as people say it is. Like, okay. I just don't think so. I think any other director, like, this would be one of That's their, That's their like, masterpiece. That but I guess want, when you're grading on You know a curve, what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's any other director, people would be like, oh, but he did Gangs of New York. Yeah. So he's when got something there. When it's your 30th best movie, though. Right. <laughs> and I think that that sometimes skews the scale um hugo doesn't feel like a scorsese movie uh-huh. i don't love hugo hugo's probably the first scorsese movie i saw i like Hugo. Um, actually I, it's it's just not a scorsese movie right it just feels off to me um and it visually looks weird like i don't know why it looks like that yeah it, it looks like late stage spielberg does it and does. I sometimes those... forget it's Scorsese and assume it's Spielberg. They both kind of did the same thing around the same time. They, you know, he had Hugo and Spielberg had Tintin. You know what I mean? <laughs> late stage Spielberg has not been as strong as late stage Scorsese. No. no. But also that has to do with the fact that people don't take Spielberg as seriously as Scorsese. That's true. Um, and Scorsese's um Scorsese gets the benefit of being analyzed. Where yeah. people don't see where Scorsese is, or Spielberg rather is making largely family more or like that, more family. That's what they say. I don't know if you saw the Fableman. That is an that is an Oedipus complex nightmare. I don't know why people are like, oh, this is a cute movie about his life. I was like, this is like therapy. He should go to therapy and deal with this because this is like some real Oedipus complex shit. Yeah. Yeah, her movie's dark as shit. I don't think people realize. It's great, them. but it it is. It's, dark. it's it's told with the like. It's almost like watching a car crash with a lollipop in your mouth. Like it's got some saccharine to it, but also what is happening? Yeah, there's a no, lot going on in that movie. I think that movie's very dark. In this essay, I will. Um, but it has here's why Seth Rogen is the villain of that movie. That movie's crazy. Also, Paul Dano is the beating heart of that movie and did not get any credit. I'm going to make a super cut of all your Paul Dano takes on this spot. He's a great actor. He sure is. Anyway, this movie Mm -hmm. stars Robert De Niro and Jerry Lewis. Uh You want me to read the Um, the IMDb description? Playing Jerry Lewis. Uh, Basically. Yeah. Uh, Rupert Pupkin. Great name, by the way. 10 out of 10 character name. Rupert Pupkin is a passionate yet unsuccessful comic who craves nothing more than to be in the spotlight. And to achieve this, he stalks and kidnaps his idol to take the spotlight for himself. Relatable content. Fantastic. I I saw that originally the, the concept for this movie was done in 62 uh, with the screenwriter, Paul Zimmerman, uh, thinking of having Dick Cavett play uh the the role and it was offered originally to johnny carson as well i'm sure it was yeah and there were a few yeah. other people in the mix to play before jerry lewis came on like uh, i believe dean martin sammy uh sammy davis jr a couple others yeah, yeah uh this is definitely it's really interesting watching this now in a post-joker world well we can talk about that 
post-Joker world? What do you mean? Like, this is... Joker, what Joker did was he combined two Scorsese movies and then, like, was like, what if we made this worse and made it Batman? <laughs> like, it's it's ridiculous. Yeah. And I cannot believe it was nominated for Oscars. I cannot this believe that. I got shit when that movie came out saying, I don't get it. And I was like, no, I do. That's you the problem. S- you saw it on a date, right? Yeah. As did every, every, I think, female in America saw Joker on a date. Yeah, no, I yeah. wasn't. I wanted to see it when it came out. Sure. I had guy friends that said it was really good. Mm-hmm. I will say the uh, SNL sketch about Oscar the Grouch was a million times better than Joker was. It's just like Joker take. That's exactly what it is. It combines Taxi Driver and King of Comedy, and it's mm-hmm. just like I'm just. It literally is a hack job, which is an interesting concept um, on paper, but. You don't need and then to. put it in the Batman universe? Like, what the fuck? And then get De Niro in there for good measure. To I can't really, believe in case you didn't Scorsese catch it. was supposed to direct it. I think to he saw Joker? that. Joker? Yeah, I that did was not like, know that, that was. Scorsese was originally attached to direct it. He ended up producing it in name only. And then I think it's because he saw the script. I 100% think he saw the script and was like, what? So, so when this. Scorsese backed out, their thought was, "Let's get let's the guy, get the guy the from hangover. the Hangover." Yeah. Well, he got an Oscar nom for it, and Scorsese didn't get an Oscar nom for this. So, and that's why we are here today, <laughs> folks. Uh, I think what threw people off is the fact that this is a comedy movie. Oh yeah, it's one hundred percent a comedy movie, a dark comedy for sure, but it's comedy. Yeah. No, you think Bill Hader likes King of comedy? I think this might be Bill Hader's favorite movie of all time. <laughs> Knowing what I know about Bill Hader, <laughs> he he was like Barry. Barry also has definitely notes a King of comedy. You don't say <laughs> this. This movie also, you know, works different not only in because the we we have seen the Joker and that's been a part of American culture, but also the internet has completely retextualized this film. Um, what this looks like now looks very different mm-hmm. in a internet world yes. where we have fan accounts and fan pages and people are talking to each other. It's not just one other person right. that you're you find outside of a studio. It's a group of people. I think the the autograph culture aspect of this is really interesting because that's not really something you see anymore. People want Um, pictures. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Because they want, because it's about bragging it to your friends. It's about putting something on social media that look who I met, look who I'm brushing shoulders with, look at the circles that I hang out with. It's very different. Mm -hmm. It very much like in this movie the jerry langford aspect these two people are obsessed with jerry langford Mm -hmm. it is him not his fame right and that is something that is very different here because the fame has become part of the intrigue for people now Mm -hmm. that's why selfies are huge or taking pictures and putting them on the internet with celebrities in general is a big deal and fame today is different than fame in 82 because we know more about we we you know we watch these people's personal lives in a way that we certainly share them yeah people share their personal lives 
I think that also, you know, I made jokes about like, I made a joke on Letterboxd that these two people would have loved Wattpad. That, I laughed out loud when I saw your <laughs> review. That was very funny. And they would have. Um, it almost is, I think this is also an interesting movie for, wait, what year, what year did um, Reagan get shot? 81. Okay. Yeah. So this is a very interesting movie for Scorsese to make around the time that Reagan got shot. Hmm. Which because, people say was because of Taxi Driver. Not people exactly. say it, it largely was because of Taxi exactly. Driver. Exactly. Yeah. Um, for those that don't know, John Hinckley Jr.? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he um, was obsessed with Jodie Foster, saw Taxi Driver, and to impress Jodie Foster, tried to kill the president. Um, and came pretty damn close. And came pretty damn close, which... What also I think strikes people and what is most unsettling about this movie is how normal De Niro's character is. Mm. It's not some like he's crazy. Right. Don't get me wrong. Like he's he's deranged, he's crazy, he's delusional. Um but he also comes across as someone that is sociable. It's yes. not yeah. it's not like the taxi driverness. Yeah, it's of, not like, Travis Bickle. Who Rupert that character is, is a whole different thing. He's charismatic. He's friendly. He's mm. funny. And he's not scary. No. Like, I don't think I, I think even when because it, it, even with the kidnapping, it's it's, it's almost tongue in cheek. Yeah. He, Sa- Santa, even, Sandra Bergman character is miles scarier than uh, Rupert is. I don't even think so. Uh, she's I also kind they're of. They're both dopes. They are both like dopes. That is, but... That's the point of this movie is that they're all, they're both ridiculous people without, mm-hmm. they're so not serious. They're not going to kill them. There's no part in this movie. The only reason why I thought at the beginning of this movie that Robert De Niro might kill Jerry Langford is because I saw Joker. And I know right. how that movie ends. Right. And that's the only reason why I had that inkling mm-hmm. is because I saw the version of it that didn't work. Yeah. And I think that this movie, I think, is a more realistic portrayal of what fandom is. It's a bunch of dopey people. There are some scary people. Don't get me wrong. Some of them will try to shoot the president. But yeah, there are real stalkers out there. But real stalkers and real crazy people. I've seen every episode of Criminal Minds. But you know, this is definitely a different take on it. And that's why it's even more unsettling. Yeah. Because of how normal he feels. Even when he comes like that at the end, which is. Great, great ending. Chef's kiss is. He gets famous because mm-hmm. people aren't scared of him. Yeah. Yeah. And and I think it's really interesting because. If that happened in 2023, say say this happened to this Jimmy would never Fallon. Happen. I know this, this would never happen. happen. But do you think hypothetically, if somebody kidnapped Jimmy Fallon, no, no? okay, no. no, because we talk to each other and things aren't. People would we're a lot more aware of sensationalization mm. that people would have been like, "This is crazy. This man is dangerous. We need to stop this." Like yeah. that would have been a lot more where people weren't really as worried about each other now like think about dating culture now like you date someone that's three years older than you at the internet calls you like you know what i mean people always think people are being manipulated so if someone got freaking kidnapped 
you know, like it would be, <laughs> there would be a lot of jokes of Joey Fallon get condemned. There would also, I think, be a complete reevaluation and a come to Jesus moment in terms of fan culture. Um, Maybe. I don't know. I, I mean, it happens fan, every so often. Fan culture is something that I have mixed feelings about. Sure. Right. Because I grew up in it. Mm-hmm. Um, while on one hand, I think it can get out of hand. 100%. Mm-hmm. Parasocial relationships. Yeah. I think Britney yeah. Spears is probably the perfect example of fan culture. Gone or on. even Taylor Swift. Or Taylor Swift. Sure. Like, as someone who loves her, even I right now, I'm like, this is scary. It's out of hand. She's so famous. I'm, like, scared for her. Yeah. Because I don't know what someone's going to do. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, and and how much anger she spurs from people who don't like her is scary. hmm And so there's that element of it. But, you know, there's the community aspect of it as well. When you find people with shared interests that like, like the same things. I mean, like there's, I don't think there's any harm in that personally. That's what we're doing here. (laughs) But also this, this, I did think at the end, another aspect of this movie that, you know, people talk about fan culture, people talk about, you know, you know, the school shooter aspect of things, the normal people, like Mm -hmm. all of those like psychological things that go hand in hand with a lot of Scorsese movies. I don't think... Maybe this is also my personal lens watching this movie. Talk about the industry. Mm-hmm. This is like what he does is he does it to get his foot in the door. Yeah. Like, Which I know that's very a, funny. And he he just wants to get his foot in the door. That's all he wants. And after he's like, OK, like he's actually not a violent person. No, not at all. And the gun itself at the end. You it's know, fake. It's, it's fake. Which obviously. But yeah, <laughs> he there was no intention of like him doing any harm. He just literally wanted his foot in the door. And when I saw that, I'm like, I get it. Yeah. It's <laughs> Jimmy Fallon, watch your back. All right. Shall we get into the Oscars, Caroline? Yeah, let's do it. OK, so this is a year that we've done before uh, when we did Blade Runner. Uh, so we will keep that in mind. The nominees for best Blade Picture- Runner is great. That's going to make things hard. Uh, Because Blade Runner, I think, is a deserving. Like, I'm looking at Best Picture right now. Yeah, it'll be. And this is going to be tough. This is going to be tough. Uh, So this was the 55th Academy Awards hosted by Liza Minnelli, Dudley Moore, Richard Pryor, and Walter Matthau. Interesting quartet. Um, The nominees for Best Picture were The Verdict, Tootsie, a spot formerly held by Missing, now held by Blade Runner, E.T., The Extraterrestrial, and Gandhi won. This is tough. Uh, five Peters. stone cold classics. Seen Gandhi? I have seen Gandhi. And I was just going to say, funnily enough, the one that you probably should, maybe not should, but could take out is Gandhi. I have you know seen what? it. It's very good. Um, but in this lineup. You know what? Um, you know what always gets me? Because sometimes I see things on the internet about, they're like, can you believe that Ben Kingsley played Gandhi? I believe that, he's of... He's Indian! Yeah. His real name is Karishna Padit Benkai. Yeah. It's that one of is those, his name. It's one, it feels like one of those things where every few years people remember that Downey did Blackface and Tropic Thunder, where it's yeah. like the internet like gets upset for a day, and then everybody's like... Oh, okay. We'll move on. You know what yeah. I mean? 
on, on if at first glance you're like Ben Kingsley did Gandhi, but then you you just do a, the a slightest Google the, search. You Google he, Ben Kingsley, and you're like, oh, he okay. is East Asian. Okay. He is South Asian. Excuse yeah. me. Um, yeah. He's just so aggressively British now yeah. that people just associate him with well, that. Well, you know what else was aggressively British in 1940s? India. <laughs> yeah. So. Hence Gandhi. Yeah. And um, this was directed by Sir Richard Attenborough. So. Okay. <laughs> the right hands for that move. <laughs> Do you think anybody will be mad at me? I don't. I don't. I don't think anybody listens to this podcast. <laughs> Yeah, do your thing. Take Gandhi out. I'm gonna make take out Gandhi. E.T. is going to win Best Picture. Okay. And uh, King of Comedy is going to be nominated. I think that's the right move. E.T. not winning Best Picture is fucking crazy. That movie's perfect, in my opinion. I think that is a perfect movie. It is so well acted. And it is so well directed to to to. I still believe that nobody coaches actors better than Spielberg, in my opinion. People might say Scorsese, and don't get me wrong, Scorsese too. Mm-hmm. But Scorsese works with the best of the best. Like getting a great performance out of someone like Leonardo DiCaprio, Robert De Niro, or like Lily Gladstone is not. It's obviously getting the any sort of direction is difficult. I've done it. It's terrible. Yeah, but. Like Spielberg gets great performances out of nobodies and children. Like that's true. That's crazy. I I would like to say, I think this is the reason we do this show because now the 1983 best picture race is between a Spielberg movie, a Scorsese movie, a Pollock movie, a Lamette movie, and a Ridley Scott movie. This is why we're here, folks. We're writing wrong. That's wrongs. why we're here. We're writing I mean, wrongs. it is still very white. I, I feel bad about sure. doing that because of how white we made this year. Yeah. Right? Again, largely forgotten when it came out. Mm-hmm. I think this is a really great character study. I think De Niro, and we can go to De Niro before we go to um, Scorsese. Sure. Because we haven't really talked about him, and we have talked about Scorsese. Mm-hmm. Um, Scorsese... In this, I mean, excuse me, De Niro in this movie is a lot of people talk about his range. Yeah. He's a gruff man because he kind of has a gruff presence or like quiet, that stoic quietness. That is not who this character is at all. He is a firecracker in a way that I have never seen Robert De Niro. And his range is a lot greater than I think people realize. Mm-hmm. Scorsese says that this is he. Scorsese believes that this is the best performance he's ever gotten out of De Niro. I believe it because it is so different yeah. from who De Niro is. De Niro is quiet. Yeah, and lots of his parts are quiet people. It's funny. I had I had written down my top five De Niro like while I was kind of writing kind of starting out this movie and writing down a few notes and it i think uh, looking at it now i think king of comedy has cracked the top five de niro performances oh 100 percent. Um, i completely agree yeah i think it might go goodfellas taxi driver king of comedy meet the parents just as a personal choice and then i might throw jackie brown in there as my fifth i go raging bull I haven't then, seen Raging Bull. And Godfather 2. Yeah, okay, sure. 
Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. He's so good in Godfather 2. He's so good. Because that care, being able to be Brando without doing Brando is like the hardest thing an actor could do. I just got giddy. I just got giddy. (laughs) Like my throat closed up because I got a little giddy there. This Bobby, he might just make it too. Bobby and Marty out to save the world. We can talk about um, killers a little bit later. Okay, Mm -hmm. this is it. Uh, Do you want to go through the actor category real quick? Yeah, let's do it. So this is not when we touched. We did not put Harrison Ford in. The nominees were Peter O'Toole for My Favorite Year, Paul Newman for The Verdict, Jack Lemmon for Missing, Dustin Hoffman for Tootsie, and Ben Gingsley won for Gandhi as Mahatma Gandhi. You got three career best performances here. I disagree. Well, yeah. Okay, two career bests. I think Paul Newman has been better than he was in The Verdict. And Hoffman's and... been better than Tootsie. You know what? We got one career best here. Mm, I, I think I think I think actually Tootsie is Max is best Hoffman. Yeah. Yeah. I really like the graduate. I, I it, know, but he's not it's not what he's being asked of in the graduate is so different. Like I like the graduate true. as that's a movie a better than Tootsie, but I think Tootsie's a better performance. That's a good point. Um he probably should have won. Tootsie's really good. He should have probably won here. Mm-hmm. Um obviously Gandhi is I'd say a flashier performance, but that's not true. Um <laughs> a better that's performance, not- I'd say. I think that's a deserving Oscar. I do. Um, I think I'm taking out Jack Lemon. Yeah. Cause I'm I haven't seen it. And Peter taking out Peter O'Toole's feels like a crazy person's thing. I feel like Marty wouldn't even like agree with me there. Yeah. I'm thinking like what would Marty do? Well, Marty wouldn't do this. Marty doesn't care about the Oscars. Yes, he does. I think everybody likes to pretend that they don't care about the Oscars, but he has talked about it a lot. He's, I don't know. He's, he's doing a good campaign. I think he I think he has cared about it less. Oh, obviously. That's why he's out there. Yeah. He wants a fucking Oscar again. I think it bothers him that he the only Oscar he's ever won is for The Departed, which he would not tell you is his best movie. He, oh, yeah. he would say, I had fun making that, and I can't believe I won the it's Oscar a, for It's that. a personal favorite of ours, but we are well aware that it is not his favorite. Oh, no, it I is just, not his best. It's arguably like bottom tier, but it is. We've talked about this before. What's wrong about it is what's great about it. Mm -hmm. Um, Even the rat at the end. (laughs) Rat at the end is so good. The rat at the end. Um, We can go to best director. So this is a category that we touched. Uh, the nominees for Best Director were Sidney Lumet for The Verdict, Sidney Pollack for Tootsie, Steven Spielberg for E.T. The Extraterrestrial, a spot formerly held by Wolfgang Peterson for Das Boot, now held by Ridley Scott for uh, The Blade Runner, and Richard Attenborough won for Gandhi. What would Marty do? <laughs> I'm going to get, that's what I'm going to get you for Christmas is a a little bracelet that says WWMD. What would Marty do? I like the verdict. Mm-hmm. I think this is a better movie. Take out Lamette. Pollock? How well is Tootsie directed? Yeah, it's more of a performance. I can't. I might, if I were you, take out Sir Richard Attenborough. Can we do it? Yeah. Do you want to make Scorsese win? Sure, why not? Even though I think Spielberg should probably win. Mm-hmm. But you made him score... win for best picture, so you. Yeah, he already got one here. Also, the idea of the two of them on that stage. 
I would love to. I wish Scorsese won the Oscar for this movie so he could get up on the mic. You know, E.T. called this flop of the year. He's amazing. Mm -hmm. This direction is so good. One of my favorite shots in the Scorsese movies in this movie. And what shot is that? When we see the doorframe. And it's so campy. It's so like slapstick, very Chaplin. Mm -hmm. And uh, De Niro is being chased by the police in the building. And we just watch them run back and forth. Like a Scooby-Doo cartoon. Like a Scooby-Doo cartoon. But it looks great because it's a Scorsese movie and the colors look amazing. (laughs) Yeah. It's so good. I was like, this is so dumb. (laughs) I love when Scorsese has fun. I really like the scene too when uh what is it what's her name Martha Marta um it is Masha Masha who oh my god I would kill for that body holy shit we got I was like what the fuck are you just working out when you're not going to <laughs> see Jerry Langford what <laughs> um ah movies uh and i think that stuff is actually really compelling yeah yeah i agree yeah even though it is off-putting very off-putting but very very good and she's really good she was doing a lot of this was one of her first movies and she was doing a lot of improv in this marty was letting her cook just to make it Marty lets them do improv yeah he lets them do that he'll just keep just rolling the camera to see what yeah. the actor does. <laughs> Apparently they made fun of Leo for doing it. And uh here's a here's a question for you. Sandra Bernhardt, who plays Masha, yeah. in the 80s, was best friends with somebody and was so close with them and so publicly best friends with them that there were rumors about a romantic relationship with a, a, a fellow female. Who? Uh Madonna. <laughs> I love it. Incredible. Good. Yeah, I want to be Sandra. best friends. No, I don't. That seems exhausting, if I'm being <laughs> honest. <laughs> um, no, she's really great, and we should probably talk about her. Yeah, let's talk I think she's really actress. interesting. The nominees for Best Supporting Actress were Leslie Ann Warren for Victor Victoria, Kim Stanley for Francis, Terry Garr for Tootsie, Glenn Close for The World According to Garp, and Jessica Lang won for Tootsie as Julie Nichols. You want to take out Glenn Close? The World According to Garp is not a fantastic movie. Can I do that? Yeah, take out Glenn. I'm taking out Glenn Close and World According to Garp because I don't think that is the best Glenn Close performance. What do you think it is? Hillbilly Elegy? The Wife? No, I think the best Glenn Close performance is when she goes absolutely feral and Fatal Attraction. Like, it's so unrealistic. Just like not a person. I think her best... Um, like, nobody has ever behaved that way, ever. I I think her best performance is every single time she gets nominated for an Oscar and then has the reaction shot of not winning the Oscar. I do think when Olivia Coleman was like, you want it? She was like, that's funny. <laughs> I feel like even her, she had a sense of humor about that. Yeah. That's the thing. Like, it would have been nice to see Glenn Close win the Oscar sure. finally, but... Well, she had that... eight nominations. I think her and Amy Adams are tied for most acting noms and no wins. I'm more upset about the Amy Adams one, probably because I've just seen more Amy Adams movies. Mm-hmm. I think the general consensus is that Amy's got more time. 
Yeah. Which is ridiculous because she has been thrown heaters forever. Yeah. Um, and things get more difficult as women enter their 40s. Mm. And she has been in her 40s and things have gotten more difficult. Um, Do you think she should have won for a rival? Or for playing nope. Lynn Chaney in Vice? I'm trying to think where she should have won. I think the thing is with Amy Adams is she always gets nominated in really tough years. Yeah. Or she'll get like the doubt year where she splits the vote with Viola Davis. Yeah. Supporting actress. Yeah. Junebug, maybe. I don't know. Maybe. She's really good in Junebug. Never seen Junebug, actually. Um Sandra Bernhardt, uh Bernhard, I, I want to get her name right. No, she's Sandra great. Bernhard is fantastic in this. She's a great character actress. She pops she's up in funny. a lot of stuff. She's funny. Yeah. She's off. Very. But not in a way, yeah. She's got also, a very distinctive face, too. Mm-hmm, ma- ma- he loves that. Yeah. If, like, Killers of the Flower Moon is just, like, all, like, distinctive looks mm-hmm. to people. They even, like, again, altered dicaprio's face to make him more distinctive looking mm-hmm. to like offshoot how the cast looks i'm looking at sandra uh, bernhard's imdb right now and fun fact she was actually in every tv show ever made mm-hmm. <laughs> she's been in everything uh yeah well she's a comedian right yeah that yeah. that's that's par for the course with comedians yeah they pop in stuff i mean look at our today's comedians like They'll appear in a Parks and Rec episode or an mm-hmm. episode of Abbott or something like that. Like people just kind of pop into things. Yeah. Um, even Chris Rock is doing Fargo, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, do we want to talk the other supporting actress, Diane Abbott, who was De Niro's wife at the time? Beautiful. Yeah. She was also in Taxi Driver. She was uh, the concession girl from the movie theater. Is that how they met? I think it might be actually. Oh, you dirty dog. But, <laughs> Scorsese. Yeah. I always love this thing that everybody talks about Martin Scorsese and how he has a daughter that is my age and your mm-hmm. age. Francesca. Francesca, icon of the TikTok. small screen. Yeah. <laughs> uh she he and his wife, his current wife have a very age-appropriate relationship mm-hmm. she was just older when she had a kid yeah like a lot older which but um that was the situation with the scorsese she just had a kid later in life so now like it looks like martin scorsese just had a kid with a much younger woman where that's just not what happened there yeah yeah i'm i'm, I'm looking at uh at abbott's imdb she hasn't acted since 2017 and it was just as a voice role She's um, younger than she, De Niro, significantly. Yeah, she she doesn't really act much. She's got a total of 15 credits, and three of them are Scorsese movies, Taxi Driver, New York, New York, and King of Comedy. Got it. Not a, not were a they, so they were still together when... When they made this, yeah. I Scorsese, got, I think, has had five wives. Yeah, and De Niro's only had two. Niro's only had two. Well, wives. Wives, yeah, wives. De Niro's had a few long-term relationships. Do we want to talk Jerry Lewis? Sure. Okay. This is a category that we did uh, play around with. The nominees for Best Supporting Actor were Robert Preston for Victor Victoria, James Mason for The Verdict, John Lithgow for The World According to Garp, a spot formerly held by Charles Durning for The Best Little Whorehouse in Texas, now held by uh, Rutger Hauer for Blade Runner, and Louis Gossett Jr. won for An Officer and a Gentleman as Gunnery Sergeant Emil Foley. I am not making a nomination because okay. 
he plays himself yeah. and doesn't do a ton. He did get a BAFTA nom for this. Did he? Yeah. The BAFTA, this was the King Comedy. So won. the British got it. The British did get it. The, this movie won the BAFTA for Best Screenplay and was nominated for Actor, Director, Editor, and Supporting Actor. Yeah. And it was nominated for the Palme d'Or as well. Yeah, so like people... People got it in Europe. <laughs> people got it in Europe. I think that that makes sense because the sense of humor here is so black. Yeah. It's like so dark that Europeans would likely understand that where Americans are a little bit shinier. Mm-hmm. And things need to be a lot more overt. Um, Jerry Lewis is good in this. You know what part honestly. of this movie kind of always freaks me out? What's Not that? freaks me out. First of all, the honestly, first I like half you said of this always, movie. This is the first time you've seen it. Yeah. The first half of this movie is so cringy. And yes. I know that's the point. But it is like, oh, I don't want to watch this happen. Um, Which is the point. Not. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, I know this might come as a bit of a shock, especially you people who saw Killers of the Flower Moon and didn't get it. Not all movies are supposed to make you feel comfortable. Mm -hmm. A lot of movies are actually made for the purpose of making you feel uncomfortable. Can I ask what part made you feel the most uncomfortable? Of this movie? Was it when him and uh, he took Rita to Jerry's house? No. No? It was when he is in... Like waiting, the waiting room. Yeah, that's tough. Because I've been on the other side of that. And like the idea of being there and this guy not leaving and not getting it. That happened, honestly, when we were interning at the same place and we would work reception. People would come in. Or like on the phone, just not getting it. Just not getting it. Just not getting it over the phone. And uh, it's so tough because you know what's happening. You know he's getting a no. I always also think the end of it that he's good i that was that was shocking to me that his no his i knew i knew he was gonna be good i did not know that his i knew he was gonna be good was actually fantastic because actually from a i know this is gonna sound crazy but from a perspective of like what it takes to be a comedian it mm-hmm. is doing exactly what he's doing not stalking someone mm-hmm. but or kidnapping someone and threatening to kill them to mm-hmm. get on air, but constantly watching comedy bits, yeah. constantly like working your craft. Like when he's thinking about it, like obviously on one hand, we're like, oh, that's creepy and weird. Mm-hmm. But like, not to be that guy, but like, how many people in this world have fantasies about like what could happen? Right? What could happen? Like, what if I got this job? Yeah. Or what if I got this opportunity? Or what if I met this person? Or what if, like, it's almost a bit that people, like, imagine themselves on talk shows, the kind of stories you would tell. Like, that's not a, like, it it feels crazy watching it and watching, like, these things, like, play out in De Niro's head. What's scary about it is that he does something crazy. Yeah. Right? And, And obscene and ridiculous. I mean, having, imagining what life would be as a successful person isn't, crazy mm-hmm. he so and even in those takes it a step too far even in those bits though like he's thinking of himself as being like funny affable charismatic like yeah. the whole thing everything everybody wants to do the way you want to be perceived in this world but in those bits like you're watching him make jokes you're watching him be that way and funny and smart and you're like he has this yeah. he understands this timing they even like, say when when the uh 
the assistant comes out and starts talking to him. She even says, you know, your timing is great. You've got that down. It's just some of the material that you kind of have to fine tune. Like, I don't, it was never... I, don't know, I don't believe that she listened to. Well, I thought she did because she said that the timing was down. I guess she, you can get away with saying the timing's great without actually having to listen to it. Right? Yeah. Okay. I don't, I don't fair. believe she listened to it. That's fair. Because I, because it's very good. Also, like how those things work, at least in my experience working at a thing like that, you just throw everything in the trash that you get. Right. right. Any unsolicited piece of material goes whoop, garbage can. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, which is sad and ridiculous and probably dumb, but it's also the, it works. the time. Yeah. Um, should we talk screenplay? Yeah. Original screenplay nominees were Tootsie for Larry Gilbert, Murray Scheisgel, and Don McGuire. An Officer and a Gentleman for Douglas Day Stewart, E.T., the Extraterrestrial for Melissa Matheson, uh, Diner for Barry Levinson, and Gandhi One for John Briley. Diner? Yeah, I think that's your move. Any craft Oscars you want to do? I assume editing. editing. Yeah. Get this my is, girl Shoemaker in there. This thing, this thing is cut so well. Also, one of one thing I like about this movie is this has Scorsese pacing at a shorter movie. Yeah, this clocks in just over has, 90 minutes. But it still has Scorsese pacing. Like he For still sure. lets things sit. He still lets things go. He doesn't, it never feels like he's cutting away before he should. He, and he always lets them go maybe longer than they should just to really capture mm-hmm. things. Uh, the nominees for film editing were Tootsie for Frederick Steinkamp and William Steinkamp, an officer and a gentleman for Peter Zinner, E.T. the Extraterrestrial for Carol Littleton, Das Boot for Hans Nickel, and Gandhi One for John Bloom. You guys know, I, I don't know if anybody noticed this, but um, these, a lot of these, oh wait, it's just one. Never mind. I was going to make a big point, but it wasn't relevant. Talking about adding a female? Well, women are normally for for a lot of the seventies, especially like women. It was uh, editing, film editing was like secretarial work. It was like a woman's job. Um, I met a woman who met a woman. Congratulations! I know. I named one too. Um, I met this woman when I was in Italy. She was my cooking teacher, and she was one of the editors for Coppola back in the day. Yeah. And she was spunky. She had all the best stories about working in 70s Hollywood. She was just like a dream. She talked about how great Francis was to her. She called him Francis. It was excellent. I was like, this woman's my hero. She fell in love, moved to Italy, and now teaches cooking classes and makes wine. And I think that's your dream, right? That is my dream. Yeah. Um, Film Machine Maker edited this. uh, Who Are we thinking of Des Boot, by the way? Des Boot. Thelma has done, if not all of them, damn close to all of Marty's movies. She's still working with them. Yeah, she did Killers. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, probably the most famous editor of all time, just because of her association with Marty and her success with that. She's great. Yeah. Those movies are really well edited. I think a lot of people associate editing with cutting down. Mm-hmm. I think that's one of the most misconceptions about editing is just the idea of making something shorter. Mm-hmm. That's not what it is. No. Like timing is so important when things are cut away, what scenes you're putting together, character moments, parallel. Yeah, it's directing. A lot of it is directing. Mm-hmm. It's redirecting a film. 
that's why so many directors like being in the editing room because you can change a movie completely with editing yeah there's probably movies that should go back into editing like it's a it's a it's a sometimes it's a joke that you'll fix something in post but like sometimes you do sometimes you do sometimes Star movies Wars. get saved in editing Star yeah. Wars. Everybody talks. That's one of the famous story. The first cut of Star Wars was ass, and then yeah. they cut it together, and it cut together like perfectly. Yeah. Um. Any other craft Oscars you want to? I think that's probably. Um. Could uh, the suit is pretty iconic. Suit is. I was looking at costume design. The nominees for costume design. This Victor was the Tron. This was the Tron year. Sophie's Choice, La Traviata, and Gandhi won for John Malo and Banu. Italia. Have you ever seen that video of like one of those actor roundtables with Jeff Bridges and he they're talking about um they're talking about The Last of Us and how it's based on a video game mm-hmm. and they're talking about but oh he's like oh that's really interesting I once got caught in a video game and nobody gets the joke Yeah I and I'm like and it, and it boils my blood because of like he just told a perfect joke with perfect timing and none of you are laughing <laughs> shame on you that is a perfect joke that's funny i um, really like uh robert de niro's mustache in this it is great it is it, he's he's really good in this movie he's got great facial hair moments he does Have, did you see the thread of best robert de niro scorsese glasses moments showing them he always has a crazy pair of glasses and a lot of scorsese movies this is a top tenner <laughs> those glasses that he wears in the hawaiian shirt it's pretty great i've uh, always really loved um scorsese's use of the color red mm-hmm. i just think it always like in the way blood looks is just like it's the film i know it's the film here's a question but... is this the only bloodless scorsese movie after hours i don't think has blood okay i'm pretty sure alice doesn't live here anymore oh there's none in wolf wolf of wall street either i don't think doesn't his nose start bleeding at oh yeah yeah you're right um and like that car when he's crawling home i'm pretty sure he gets a little scraped up over there yeah so I, I i don't think so i think he's normally associated with violence because when he does violence it is so visceral so right. therefore, um, his association with violence is so prominent. But not every Scorsese movie is violent. No. Um, um, some well, they are all assaulting though. Wow, she went to film school, folks. Uh, it's a pretty small cast, honestly. So character there's actor- like four people in this movie. Yeah. Right? So character actor corner is actually going to be changed to cameo corner today. Hmm. Uh, Marty obviously pops in as the TV director. And they say, you're the director. And I'm like, oh, shit. Yes, he is. Um, that was funny. Um, Rupert's mother, the voice of Rupert's mother. Is Scorsese's mom? Catherine Scorsese. Yes. Oh, have you seen? I haven't seen it. I want to. The documentary he made about his parents. I have not seen it. I need to. I I just, I think that's so wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the lawyer in the scene where the the producer of the show is talking to the network lawyers about the kidnapping is Martin Scorsese's lawyer. And there's one more that I... He's just like, find. let's just put the fam in. Yeah. 
This one more. I got every time one. I see a young Scorsese, it always throws as like cameos in movies. It always throws me off because when I'm imagining Scorsese directing, it's always like an old Scorsese. Yeah. Uh, and the first man at the bar at Diane Abbott's bar is one Mr. Charles Scorsese, Martin's father. So it is a real family affair. And there, there was another Scorsese name that I saw here. He's really young when he did this. He was in his 30s, right? Yeah. 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 Uh, there was Kathy Scorsese plays somebody named Dolores. I assume that's his sister. Um, so yeah, that was that was cameo corner rather than character Cute. corner. And is that why everybody in this movie looks Italian? <laughs> and uh, when I had originally done the Oscars and Emmys thing, I had to I I did it before I actually watched the movie. Apparently, Liza Minnelli is only a cardboard cutout in this movie. But she actually filmed a scene like a, um, a, a like a hallucination scene where she actually was being interviewed. Uh, so there, so she and she kept her credit in the movie, or they kept her credit in the movie. Um, it's so like I, Kevin Costner, right? And the Big Chill, <laughs> right? Um, so this movie, has, she's also in New York, New York. She worked with Scorsese. I did not know that. I yes. did not know that. Uh, so this movie has three oscars and six nominations not counting the marty cameo oh it only has three os i don't believe that i don't know what to tell you does marty not martin scorsese not count i'm yeah i'm not counting marty for into this oh okay um what's de niro got two and liza's got one i'm not counting liza in this i'm keeping liza out um so scorsese has two oscars scorsese De Niro, you mean, has two De Niro Oscars. has De Niro two does Oscars. have two Oscars. Do you know for Godfather 2. Yes. And Taxi Driver? Raging no. Bull. Raging Bull. I, it's so hard to remember which one it's for because they were like a year apart. Yeah. And he's got um, six nominations. Not counting the wins, right? Not counting the wins. Okay. Let's do this. Mm-hmm. Is Silver Linings Playbook one of them? Silver Linings Playbook is one of them. The Irishman. The Irishman for Best Picture, not for Acting. Okay. That's ridiculous. Yeah. That's, I know it was a tough year, but he was really good in that movie. Taxi Driver. Yep. Jackie Brown, Best Supporting nope. Actor? Goodfellas, duh. Nope. Oh, God, no, because Pesci. Right. A famous snub. Got three more. One from the 70s and two from the 90s. Heat? No. No. We, we, we don't. We, according that. to Snubs canon, yes. Yeah. A Bronx Tale? No. Jeez. Cape Fear. Yes, Cape Fear. Um, Deer Hunter? Yep. Once Upon a Time in America? No. Awakenings? Awakenings, yes. And that's then, a Chris Nolan movie. Is it? I did not know that. Yes. Uh, and then it's one not... of my favorite Chris Nolan movies, actually. I think you should check it out. Jerry Lewis won the Gene Hirschholt Humanitarian Award. Uh, and then you said Marty has one win, obviously, for The Departed. Departed, but and how many noms? 13 additional nominations. Uh, should we do this? I have them all written down if you want to give it a try. If not, I can okay. just rattle them off. No, I want to do it. Leave me okay. alone. Best Picture and Best Director for The Irishman. Yes. Uh, best Picture and Best Director for Wolf of Wall Street. Yes. Um, Best Picture and Best Director nominations for Goodfellas. Yes. Um, is that that's six? Mm-hmm. Um, best Picture and Best Director for The Departed. No. Because you won both? He only won for uh, no, director. The Departed won Best Picture. Oh, you're right. That must have been a... But he must not have been nominated for 
best picture he must not have been a producer attached to it okay so we're not counting that in no. that um best director for the aviator yep um best picture for the aviator nope nope there's only uh, one more double up best picture best director there's only one more of those. hugo yes that's the other double up and then taxi driver no no um raging bull yes um casino no casino's no. a snub Gangs of New York? Yes. Two more. Cape Fear? No. Last Temptation of Christ? Yes. One more. Age of Innocence? Yes, ma'am. This is a game just for us. <laughs> and then this movie has one Emmy and five nominations. Scorsese has an Emmy. I'm, again, not counting Scorsese. Scorsese's got three Emmys. Jerry Lewis won the Governor's Award and was nominated back in the 50s when it was just Best Comedian kind of thing. Okay, that's, keep... that's Jerry Lewis. And then De Niro has four nominations. Tell me. Uh, two for that uh, Bernie Madoff series, The Wizard of Lies. Oh, yeah. One for SNL and one for producing When They See Us. Oh. And then Marty has three wins. Uh, one for Boardwalk Empire. I knew that. I've seen, the, the... I've seen the acceptance speech. You should see it. And then vinyl? two for his George Harrison documentary. Oh, none for vinyl. Yeah. No. And then nine other documentary related uh, nominations. Okay, great. Recasting today. Yep. Today. Not fucking Joaquin Phoenix. I'm telling you that much. Leo is too right for the role. I was going to say that's a little too obvious. Leo's too right for it. Mm -hmm. Um, Hear me out on this one. Giovanni Ribisi. No. Okay. No. No. Not for me. Driver. Yeah, yeah. I'm always down to put Driver in a movie. And Jerry. I think Stephen. Oh, that's great. Stephen was the right choice there. My right? thought was Letterman to get a to get a classic in there. No, but Stephen's great. That there's a sharpness and a just let it, like there's. T- you don't you want to take all the goofiness out of it mm-hmm. and i think colbert has that goofiness yeah i did call him steven that was ridiculous sorry <laughs> that was dumb um steven colbert i think would really capture that especially that scene where he punches her yeah and yeah. like is sitting there <laughs> <laughs> who would play masha is emily blunt too pretty that one's interesting I don't know that I would go blunt. I don't know if I go blunt either. Jenny Slate. Oh my God. That's great. That's great. And oh my God. And then uh, one last role, Rita. Rita. Carrie Washington. Too pretty. Oh no. I like that actually. I like Carrie Washington for that. Me too. Yeah, that'd be good. Um, This was good. This is, I feel like one of our better episodes. Is she too old for Adam Driver? uh no but she looks young yeah she looks young all right ladies and gentlemen we have concluded this episode thank you for listening of course this podcast is produced and co-hosted by caroline young and chris nasarelli snubs is executive produced by gavin berger with high tops media you can rate and review snubs on apple Podcasts and spotify and follow us on instagram at snubs pod and see more of our content with high tops media on facebook instagram and twitter at high tops media (laughs) 